We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. We're trying to get it cooled down here. I think Austin really helped us out. He did a factory reset on this stat over here, and I think we got that where the temperature will... These new stats are... Let's do a let's do a verse study today. At some point, I'm going to come to an end of this. So uh, hopefully, what we're doing is just giving different ways to do this and different so that we kind of get an idea and that you take it from here and that you you know you take a concordance and your blue letter Bible or you take different things and you really begin to dig in because you're if you do your idealisms will vanish and your understanding of truth will really, really blossom. And I remember coming into the church, I had all these idealisms about what God was about, who God was, what God would do in this day and time, all those things. When you start studying the way we're talking about, it'll, it, it'll change the dynamic of your relationship. It really will. Look, let's, let's look at uh, Philippians 4 and 8. It's one most of you can quote. Philippians 4 and 8. I'm going to try some different colors today. Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Wednesday we talked about the mind and I'm not going to go into that lesson, but thinking is a huge part of who you are, what you are, who you, what you do. All the things you do start in your mind. They all start in your mind. Everything that you do in life starts in your mind, and then you react to that thought, and then you, whatever it is, you know, my mind today when I get home, I want to take a nap. You know, I don't just go home and take a nap. My mind tells me way before I get there, I'm going to take a nap. So, Quit John smiling because I'm the napster. I'm the king of nap. Not too long ago, I, you, you wouldn't catch me taking a nap. Today, you can catch me any time of the day probably. So let's look at some of the words that are in this scripture because the words we think we know what they mean. But when we look at the words, then we understand the scripture may be different. So whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are true. So give me a good English word that defines true. C- correct? Whatsoever things are true. Don't say not false. That, that's what I used to do in school. Unchanging. Accurate? Okay. All good definitions. Whatsoever things are true. Well, the Greek word for true is A-P-E-L-E-G-M-O-S. Apelegamos. It means refutation, contempt. So what does refutation mean? That's the next word. 
So whatsoever things are true, refutation, the Greek word means refutation. A refutation is something that proves that something else is false. You find, this is a law term. It's when you get into court, there's a refutation in court. One side is trying to say that what I'm telling you refutes what they're saying. They're saying is false. What I'm telling you is true. Then the other side does the same thing, right? So that whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things you think on that are true, that can prove that something's false, it's a validation to you something is true. It's a repudiation. It does just the opposite, something that's false. So true has more to do than our understanding in English simply because there's, a, there's like an action involved in this. So it's something that proves. So we're supposed to think on the things that prove other things are false. See, when I first, you know, when my understanding of this scripture was I need to think on the things that are correct. I need to think on the things that don't change. I need to think on the things that are accurate. That's true. All of that is entailed in understanding that there's only one thing you can think on that refutes every other thing in the world. And what is that? It's the Word. The Word refutes every other thing. Now, there are some true statements uh, in, in the world today, right? True statements. Uh, <clears throat> a red Corvette's driving down the road and driving 80 miles an hour. Let me give you a true statement. That's a red Corvette. That's a true statement. And it's driving very fast. That's a true statement. So how would you refute that? You don't. It's a true statement. You don't refute it. It's a true statement. I'm only showing you that to say, listen, whatever you read in God's Word and whatever you think on in God's Word, that's it. God said it, that's it. And any other thing outside of that that tries to refute that is false. Anything that tries to refute the Word. So understand this. And here's, here's one of the reasons Paul has this in here. Uh, he's writing to the church at Philippine. What he's saying, listen, you're hearing a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of people in this town that are telling you things that aren't true. There's a lot of people that are telling you have truths. Some of them are telling you all kinds of stuff that none of it's true. But what you have to understand is you have to line it up. You have to think on the things that are true, meaning the things that are of God's Word. And that will show you what you should be doing, acting in your life. A lot of things we do in our life, we do out of habit. Have you ever had to break a habit that you had when you were a kid? You know, I had certain habits when I was a kid that as I become an adult, I had to break those habits. It's, just, it's natural. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just you don't do kid things when you're an adult. Paul said, you know, when, when I was a child, I spake as a child, acted as I was a kid. He said, when I became an adult, I quit being a kid. It's the same thing in spirit. You understand this about the Word. Whatsoever things are true means that at some point we grow into adulthood in Scripture. And so that's what we think on. We don't think like children anymore. Paul came to, the, you know, reading the book of Hebrews, when he came back to the church, he said, what's going on here? Man, I gave you the truth. You actually experienced it. But now you're back doing the stuff of the Mosaic Law. I'm coming back. Now I've got to start all over again. And the Bible tells us we're not supposed to do that. Now, this is, this is going to sound wrong to you, but it's Scripture. If you teach somebody the truths of the Word and, and the milk of, of the Word, and they understand it, you no longer teach them the milk of the Word. Scripture says you don't do that. You bring them into the meat. If you have to teach them the milk again, 
Paul said, that's, you know, we don't do that. Yeah, too bad the churches don't do that. We're constantly t- teaching milk. Now, we have to teach milk because there's new babies. That's understandable. It's understandable. But you as a Christian, you shouldn't be right now doing your Bible studies on the milk of the Word. You shouldn't be right now. You shouldn't have to be look up repentance and understand what that means as a Christian. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have to look up baptism. What does that mean? You shouldn't have to look up Holy Ghost. You shouldn't have to look up righteous living. Those are things that as a Christian, you should be way past that. That's milk. And into the depths of the Word of God, which is the meat. And so that's what the true things are. Getting into the meat of the Word. That's what whatsoever things are true. Because the meat of the Word is what refutes anything else in your life. The milk is what gets you established in living. It's like a baby. It's like a baby. You, 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 you feed them milk, then you buy that little stuff, you know, the little, that's pretty good. It tastes pretty good, but I shouldn't be eating the little baby food things as an adult, although they taste good. And you feed them that, and then you finally graduate them into, you know, we're the only mammals that go back to milk after we've been weaned. We're the only mammals, humans, the only mammals that go back to milk when we're weaned. Now, you know, you can say whatever you want that in the natural, but that should never happen in the spiritual. We should never go back to the milk when we're weaned. So that, that's what true, whatsoever things are true. Any thoughts? Any Honest. Whatsoever things are honest. So give me a good English definition for honest. That's, that's a hard one. Unless you look it up, honest. True. True. <laughs> honest. Whatsoever things are honest. Honest is a very hard word. To define it is a very hard word. You know why? Honesty in America and in the world is kind of like common sense in America and the world. It used to, ever, it was cheap. When I was a kid, honesty was cheap. Man, there was a lot of people that owned it. But somewhere down the line, it got real expensive because you don't find too many people with honesty anymore. It must have got real expensive. So what happened there? Honesty. You, you want to just question mark that one? Somebody looked it up. What? Willingness to do right. Good. Say again. The fans got me. Trustworthy. Worthy of trust. Okay. Honest. Integrity. Okay. Right. Honesty is in the eye of the beholder today. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's the why Paul said there's things we, there's an honest that we've got to think on because it changes. You know, that's the thing about, that's the thing about truth and fact. Facts change. 500 years ago, this was a flat world. Facts change. Now, I know you got, maybe there's some flat earthers in here. You just, you just need to go, 
Somebody asked me the other day, how do you, how do you determine that the earth is not really flat? And here is an easy way without going, and here's a e very easy way. Go outside at night and get a telescope. Focus on a particular star and watch how that star moves. It doesn't move straight across the sky. As the earth moves, the star begins to fall. Why is that? Because the earth is contoured. There are several ways, and some of you are looking at me like you're flat. You're flat earthers, I'm sorry. Just don't go too far out into the ocean. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big deal now. Yeah, it's flat earth. So, honest. Whatsoever things are honest. The Greek word for honest is S-E-N-M-O-S, sinmos. It means vulnerable. Not vulnerable, but venerable. The word venerable means it given a great deal of respect due to age, wisdom, and character. Respect is something that's earned. It's not, you can't, you can't demand respect. One of the worst things to do is demand respect. You can't demand it. It has to be something that's produced because you've earned it. And so this, this word honest means having to do with a great deal of respect due to age, wisdom, and character. It's admired or respected. It's, you can't just have a great deal of respect. There's, got a, there's a connection to it. Respect always has a connection. Person earns your respect. You know, there's people in my life that were a lot older than me. I didn't respect them. Why was it? Because of the way they acted, the way they talked, the things they said, the way they treated people. They didn't earn the respect. But then there's other people in my life I respected them very highly because of the way they acted, the way they talked, the way they treated other people. So understand this, whatsoever things are honest, or we should think on the things that bring due respect, admiration, because of age, wisdom, and character. You don't give a person respect when age, wisdom, and character are not involved. There are 22-year-olds that are making millions of dollars a year playing games. And there are people that respect them for that. So I'm just asking you a question. Do you respect someone that plays games? Just No? Do you, yes? You respect someone that plays games. Okay. Why? Because they're good at the game? Yeah, games. Yeah, yeah I'm... I'm I'm keeping this murky. Okay, skill set. It's their skill set. Yeah. 
goes back to what <laughs> right. You don't respect them. So you're not respecting them because of what their 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 skill set is. You're respecting them because of their character. They people get better at character the older they get, generally. Not always, but generally. Your character gets better the older you get. But understand, listen, I you know everything that we do holds value. It's supposed to hold value. It's supposed to be value in, in our society. And so anything that we do, now I know y'all think, well, he's against all sports and all this. I played sports. I'm not against sports. What I'm against is people who use that venue to produce self-worth. Anything that we do is supposed to help others. Well, you know, think about it this way. So all the basketball players play, and that gives a job to somebody that's selling popcorn. That gives a job to somebody that's selling streamers. That gives a job to somebody that's selling hats. So what do popcorn streamers and hats do to benefit your life? I'm going somewhere here. What do po- I'm not against the games. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But in our society, we show respect in areas that respect is not due. Because respect has to do with honesty. Honesty has to do with age, wisdom, and character. And so we hold a lot of respect. Who are the greatest American heroes? They used to be people who fought and died for our country. They used to be people who stood for the rights of people. But who are our heroes today? It's okay. You can go ahead and say it. Okay, guys, who's your heroes? LeBron who? Somebody said? Huh? Randy Randy White? Roger Staubach? Dan Marino? We have sports heroes. Did, did their honesty contribute to other people? Some, yes. The point I'm making is this. We look at so much of the game, and that, the game could be an engineer. The game could be a teacher. The game could be a doctor. The game could be somebody in construction. We look at the game, and we give integrity, and we give respect to the game when we should be looking at the people. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to move on from this, because this is, this is sort of a disruptive subject. There are people in the game, you whatever game you want to in that that their whole premise of what they're doing is to create evil in people's lives. They use what God gives them, what God blesses them with, and they create other situations. Let me give you an example. There was a guy in the NFL years ago that was making millions of dollars. And so what did he do with his millions of dollars? He goes and lives in Florida where it's easy to get pot, cocaine, get all that stuff. And he takes his millions of dollars and he invests it because he knows he's going to make a lot more money with his investment than he ever did playing a sport. And for those of you that don't know that industry, you don't need to know it. There's a lot more money in drugs than there ever will be in sports. Sports doesn't touch it. Sports doesn't even come close to what people make. And so there are people, but we respected that guy for his game till we found out 
what he wasn't honest. So understand what I'm saying. It's not about the game. The game doesn't bring honesty and brings integrity. It's the person. The person. Let me move on because we can get deep into this. So whatsoever things are just. So give me a good definition for just. Not just because, but the word just. Fair? Okay, let me stop right there because that's, that's in English. That's what we... Is God just? Huh? God is just. Is God fair? See, that's what English does. It's not a wrong... You're not, that's, that's why I want to do this. So we understand our English is so washed away. <laughs> just not fair. Yeah, yeah he hadn't forgotten it. Just not fair. God is just. He's, God's just not fair. Good thing he's not. We'd all be headed to hell right now if he was fair. Because fair would mean we messed up, and fair would mean he's a righteous God, and we're sinners. And so fair would be we have no business being in his presence. That's fair. But God's not fair. So uh, uh, another, another word for English word for just. Just. Righteous? Okay. Just. The Greek word for just. D-I-K-A-I-O-S. D-I-K-A-I-O-S. It does mean equitable, fair and impartial. When we say fair in English, we don't mean impartial. We don't, when we say fair in English, we don't mean impartial. That's why the word just means fair and impartial. Because that's what fair is, impartial. You have to have, yeah, there's no respecter. Now, <clears throat> do you think there's some injustice in churches? Or not just in churches? Or people or pastors that aren't just in churches? The word, the Greek word here means innocent. For just, it means innocent. So your actions or your thoughts are going to be innocent actions and thoughts. It means holy, your actions and thoughts. Think on the, these things, Paul said. Think on the things that are holy, that are innocent, that are dealing fairly with. Part of just is that you, dear, you, dear, you deal with people fair and impartially. Now let me go back to the question I asked. Do you think there are some pastors that aren't just in churches? You might think I'm not. That, you know, that's okay. You have that right to think that. Yeah. Can you, can you find a fair and impartial jury? Because <laughs> that's the whole point of jury selection, finding someone that's fair and impartial. Do you think there are people, pastors, and I'm, I'm okay with this, y'all, because I'm a pastor. 
Do you think there are pastors in churches, including this one, that treat people differently, that give more? Do you know why Pastor Don, ask Austin, do I, do I ever look at who's giving what? You know why I do that? I'm human. I will become tainted. I'm human. I will become tainted. I'll look at somebody that's given more, and I'll treat them differently than somebody that's given less. I can't believe you. I'm just like one of you. I know pastors who do that. I don't want to do that. That's not right. It's just like treating somebody differently because, you know, one of the things I have to watch out for is there are people that will, they're here every time the door opens. They'll do whatever you ask them to do. They'll do more than you've ever asked them to do. They're just totally involved. They're totally giving it for God. And you know what the tendency is as a pastor? To not be just, to be, not be fair and impartial with people who don't do everything that person does. That's why I don't compare myself to that person or to that pastor, and I don't compare you to that person. That's one of the things I try very hard not to do here in this church is to compare you against someone else. To compare you against someone else. I made a statement one Wednesday night, and uh, Austin called me about it. We, co- we talk uh, pretty much during the week. And he said, well, I noticed that on that night when I was listening to that, you said, well, this, this is my, what's the word I used? Huh? You forget? Faithful? Yeah, on Wednesday night, this is, this is my faithful people. Yeah. And Austin took it as that I meant that if you weren't here on Wednesday night, you're not faithful as the people that are here on Wednesday night. But what I was saying is this, this is the faithful Wednesday night group. You're, you guys are the faithful Sunday morning group. Then there's the faithful group. I'm not selecting who's better. It's just who's there at this certain time. That's what we're saying. We don't ever dare. Listen, if you don't come on Wednesday, I don't have a heartburn about it. I feel sad because you're missing some stuff, but I don't have a heartburn about it. I don't think that because the people that come on Wednesday, they're better than you. Because I come every Wednesday, and I'm not as good as any of you. Correct. Correct. The word faithful used on Wednesday was that this is the people that come every Wednesday. It's like uh, who goes to work Monday through Friday? You're faithful to your job. Does that mean you're better than people who don't work Monday through Friday? Maybe they work Wednesday through Sunday. Are you more faithful because you work Monday? See what I'm saying? It's all relative to the situation. So that, that wasn't meant to say some people, I, you know, there's no way I want to look at you because you're doing something or not doing something in this church and treat you differently. That's not just. That's not just. So does that make sense about just? Yeah. Yeah, in the wrong context. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're fair and impartial, when you're fair and impartial, yeah, there is no iniquity involved. It's, it's the only way to be fair and impartial. Once you start being unfair and you 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 start parting ways because of what does that make sense yeah right the problem is what we know about english and what we know about the word and what it really means is different and we'll kind of go through that so all right let's move on i want to get through pure give me a good word for pure 
English word. Innocent. Scott's been sitting on that one. <laughs> Pure. Okay. Thank you. Because no, that is the English thinking. Yeah, that's just the English thinking. That, this is not right or wrong. This is not, oh, yeah, but understanding. That's why we're doing this, taking it to the next. So it's pure. Can you, once you're not a virgin anymore, you know, you can no longer be pure? But, Unblemished? Yep. Chaste. Undefiled. That's the English. You're correct. That's our English understanding of what pure is. But understand this, because I want to understand this. Purity in God is different than purity in man. Adam and Eve became man and wife. They were pure before they had sex, and because God ordained sex in the marriage, they were pure afterwards. It's only when they went outside of marriage that they became impure. That doesn't say they did that. What I'm saying is, understand that about yourself. Our English doesn't define it as well as the Greek defines. Pure maple. There's nothing else in it. Yeah. Yeah. Clean. clean uh, you think of just like the water that comes out of the mountains from the snow. It's just so crystal clear. The Greek word for pure is H A G N O S, hagnos. It means clean, it means innocent, modest, perfect, chaste. So the word here, when you think on these things, think on things that are clean. How many times during the day do you think on things that are unclean? Uh-huh. Sure. Absolutely. That, that has nothing to do with that person. It has everything to do with the person who d did the act. Hey, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right. Correct. Correct. 
Yeah, as tainted now when they're not. All these words we're looking at are how God sees you. And that's how he wants you to think. That, that's why Paul said, think on these things. He's saying, this is how God sees you. This is what you need to think on. Right. Right. Understand this about that situation, if you're hearing what he's saying. The, the lady is not defiled at all. We, it's our English version that, oh, now she's, defi- she's tainted now. She's not the same as she was. God's saying, nope, that's not true. The person who perpetrated the act is the defiler and is defiled. The person that the act happened upon is not defiled at all, and God doesn't see it that way, and we should think the same way and quit thinking the way we think sometimes. You know, that's one of the reasons some people never will speak about that in their life when it happens to them because they know how people think. They know that they're not thinking on these things. Correct, yeah. Yeah. You can be taught it, and that's about it. You've got to make a decision. So innocent, modest. What is modest? And this, this brings a whole new definition here. <laughs> humble, yeah, humble, yeah, modest. Yeah. So why is why is it called modest? Okay. So that's what we should be thinking on. Many people try to think on things that are uncovered and many people try to think on things that are not covered and many people avoid the covering. This is a deeper thing than physical. When you're covered by God, you've heard it preached here, you've heard it taught here, you never uncover a person's sin in their past, you never uncover it. That's impure. Guess what? When you do uncover it and you try to bring it out from under the blood, that person's not defiled by this. You are. And then you are guilty of it. You're guilty of it. God says you're guilty of it. Now that you've uncovered it, you've tried to bring it out. So that's what pure is about. It's about it's about the... You know, our minds are so bombarded today with things. Our minds are in a constant battle, aren't they? They're in a constant battle. So, you know, we can say it's easy to say this is what we got to think on, but doing it is a whole different spectrum. And there's a reason that we're studying this is that when we learn what these words really are, because we struggle a lot of times because my people perish for a lack of, there it is. You just don't know. When you know, you know what? You might not perish in that situation if you know what it really means. 
get it out. That happened to Jesus. Boy, the, ooh, I felt the cringe right there. He was tempted in every way that we are. So when we're tempted with immodest, immodest thoughts, with unpure thoughts, Jesus was tempted that same way. The temptation's not a sin. It's what Darren just said. You, then you've got to work your way out of that. You've got you to change your thought process because if you start thinking about it, it's going to lead you down the road. If you see an immodest thing and it comes to your mind, then you start thinking about the immodest thing rather than just saying, listen, that, you know, that's something I don't need to be looking at. Let's just think about something else. Let's move on. Or if you think, man, wow, wow, well, man, you know what? I could, man, and you start planning, you start devising. The Bible says that's when sin begins to enter in. It's not that you're tempted. It's that when you answer the temptation. So understand something. Thinking things that are immodest, thinking things that are unblemished, thinking the, the thinking's not the problem. It's the action that goes with it. Understand this. That what I'm telling you is it's the same definition of faith. Faith is not just thinking something. It's putting an action to it. That's faith. And so the same thing here, when we have things that come to our thought process, it's, not, it's what we do with the thought process that makes the difference. That's why he says, think on these things. Because whatever, you th- whatever a man thinketh in his heart, whatever a man thinketh in his heart. Okay, so thoughts are thoughts. They come and go. Billboards, advertisements, you name it, it's bombarded every day in your life and mine too. It's begin when we begin to act on that stuff is when it changes into sin. So keeping your thoughts on clean, innocent, and modest things takes some work. The best way to not see an immodest commercial on TV is what? Huh? Good Lord, half of you are going to get up and walk out. You're telling me not to watch TV? That's my life. Yeah. So if you're going to watch TV, because that's the answer, just don't watch it. But some of us can't go there. So what else would you do? Change the channel? You have the clicker, right? You own it. You, you, okay, that's, that's good. Change channel. You don't like to watch it. Sometimes it's not watching, it's hearing. Turn the sound down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it takes work. Let's be honest. It takes work. And in, our, in Jesus' day, it was a little different. Because they didn't have billboards, they didn't have internet, they didn't have computers, they didn't have television, all that. But they dealt with their things. They had their things. We have ours. You didn't. You weren't surprised in this world that there's a television, right? Any, were any of y'all surprised when you finally came to the knowledge of, hey, I'm a human being? There's a television. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. Gomer Powell. No, you weren't surprised by it. It's part of your life. You're not surprised by billboards. You're not surprised by Hustler magazines. You're not. You know, you're not surprised by pornography. None of that's a surprise. It's been around a long time. It didn't surprise you. Understand that. It's the world we live in today. And so that's the areas that we have to know that we have to dominate our thoughts with, the pure things. Let me, let me keep going. I'd like to finish this. So there's a dedication, you know, in that. In that. There's just a dedication. What sort of things are lovely? What's a good English word for lovely? Beautiful. Lovely. Jason's wife. 
nature. Lovely. Wasn't that a lovely concert? Lovely. Yeah, how they, yeah, lovely. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can't write that down. Okay. The, the Greek word. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're not as lovely now. <laughs> well, Forrest Gump's mother said, stupid is as stupid does. So... <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Music is lovely. This is a sound. The Greek word for lovely, P-R-O-S-P-H-I-L-E-S, P-R-O-S-P-H-I-L-E-S. It means to be friendly towards, to be acceptable. When we think of lovely, we have a, a, an immediate reaction to the physical aspect of a person. Or of a thing, a person, a nature, something we look and see. But the Greek word here means to be friendly towards. So your thoughts and what you think about should be friendly towards people, friendly towards family, friendly towards church folks, friendly towards the cashier at the store. They should be acceptable. We shouldn't be thinking about warring against somebody. One of, the, one of the big problems humanity has is that our thought processes are not really lovely. We're not thinking friendly towards people like we should. What does it mean to be friendly? Approachable. Trustworthy. Okay. Friendly. Our, and they be nice. It, yeah. Think on things that that nice. This, our actions are always dictated by our thoughts. Let me repeat that. We talked about this Wednesday night. Our actions are always dictated by our thoughts. When a, You ever met that person you thought they were such a nice person and then they got into an argument with a family member and, man, the bombs went to hitting the ground. There's this bomb and that bomb and this, and, you know, you thought, oh, my goodness, what happened here? You understand that that action is a result of what was in that mind. What was in that thought process? Because have you not thought some things about people, but you kept your mouth shut? No? Well, I have. I thought a lot about y'all. I just kept my mouth shut. I knew I'd get your attention. get you to
our world is a divisive world. We're divided. And so our, our thoughts can be the same thing. We can be very divided in our thoughts. And what we have, well, that's what a friendly thoughts bring things together. They don't divide. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good advice, isn't it? Keeps you out of a lot of trouble, out of a lot of fights, and out of trouble with God. <laughs> yeah, if you can do it. Friendly thoughts, friendly thoughts, they're lovely. Again, our actions are dictated by our thoughts. Uh, even when we're not the friendliest person in the world to be around, you know, a lot of times we don't talk to people because they're not the friendliest person to be around. You ever done that? Ever you ever thought that you might be that person? You might not be the friendliest person to be around. There's times Pastor Don's not the friendliest person to be around. Huh? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant about me. Well, it's the truth. I mean, I'm not avoiding it, brother. But Jason knows. Yeah, he's being transparent about my unfriendliness. As long as you're friendly. Yeah. There's going to be people you're going to be friendly with that they're going to be unfriendly to you. Yeah. Which, which is an easier... I'm not going to be able to finish this. Which is easier? You're going to bust hell wide open because you're a sinner. God, God said you bet, don't, you're going to... Or, you know what? Man, I, God love... You know, that, that's not a friendly conversation. Not a friendly conversation. There's a way to have friendly conversation. So I'm going to have to stop right here because there's the last three are important, so we'll do that next week. So one of the purposes behind, you know, listen, I'm not trying to be elementary with you, and I'm not trying to make it appear that, you know, I know all this and you don't, or there's things you need to know because you. the whole point of this whole process that we're doing here is to help you to be able to dig into God's Word and, and get the truths out of it. Because there are things that we, there were things that when I came to the church that I thought were God's truth that were just the opposite. But it's because what, how I grew up, what I had heard, and what I had not researched. What I had not researched. That's why I tell you every week, you need to research what I preach. Not because I'm up here trying to bully over you and lie to you, but you need to research it because you'll never get it for you by getting it from me. You're never going to get for you by getting it from me. That's the, that doesn't work. What, what did I preach on six weeks ago? I don't remember either. I can answer for you. I don't remember either. What did I preach on three weeks ago? Anybody? Me either. You might remember. I don't. You know why? Because that was the word for the day. So I don't. Do I go back and study it? Absolutely. And you should too. When you study it, you're going to find out some really good, valuable. I, I've gone over. Don't want to. So we'll finish this next week. God bless you. Let's take a little time here. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.